0: Welcome to We Are the Guard, the Arkansas National Guard's podcast. I'm your host, Lieutenant Colonel Brian Mason, the State Public Affairs Officer. In this edition of We Are the Guard, we're speaking with Captain Megan Thomas, a woman who's been in command twice so far, and she's about to be promoted to major. An additional distinction is that she was the first female infantry officer in the Arkansas National Guard and the first female commander of a company in an infantry battalion. Captain Thomas, please introduce yourself to our listeners.
1: I am Captain Megan Thomas. I'm in the 39th Infantry Brigade as an assistant operations officer. I joined the military in 2005. I commissioned through ROTC um, in 2009.
0: So, you transferred over from your initial branch to become an infantry officer. Tell us more about that.
1: I, I hold three different branches. I started off as an AMED officer, a medical service officer. Um, I rebranched in 2011 to become a military police officer. I actually deployed to Afghanistan in 2014 as an operations officer um, in the Parwan district detention facility. Um, I had the opportunity to go to um, Maneuver Captain's Career Course in 2018, and it's kind of been a whirlwind from there. Um, Maneuver's Captain's Career Course is actually um, probably a stepping stone to becoming an infantry officer. It is not the The only thing that I have to check the box on, um, I was able to get a year of command time at HHC uh, 2nd and 153rd. And currently I'm in the 39th Infantry Brigade as an assistance operations officer.
0: So you hold the distinction of uh, being the first female uh, commander of an infantry company in Arkansas. What was that like?
1: It was pretty amazing. Um... You know, a lot of people ask me if I was met with resistance or anything of that nature. I wasn't. I was. It, my unit embraced me. They embraced the experience. Um, we worked through it together. It, it was pretty amazing. Um, and, and I had I had a good command too. My battalion command structure. It was. It was just very supportive. They had my back, and I had theirs. So,
0: females in combat arms is a relatively new concept for the army. For you changing branches from military police to infantry required the maneuver captain's career course at Fort Benning. Can you describe that experience? Was that or your command of a company in an infantry battalion intimidating at all?
1: Um so it it was kind of intimidating more so whenever I went to maneuver's captain's career course and you know I was I had special forces guys in in the room um I had you know, all these 11 series sitting around the table, I was one out of the 42 um, students sitting in a classroom that was female. Um, That was a little more intimidating than Arkansas um arkansas i've I've been in the arkansas army national guard now for 16 years um so i knew a lot of people and and being full-time here on camp robinson it just allowed me to network and get to know and build rapport with different um people not just centric to the military police realm um, but every branch
0: being in command has its challenges no doubt being a female in command uh, of a company in an infantry battalion probably had its particular challenges as well. But just as a commander, what challenges did you face and how did you face them?
1: The biggest challenge of command, which it wasn't different, so I, I had a previous command as a military police officer, but with both commands, the administrative actions are, are probably the the. Ch- most challenging um, situations that an officer faces in their command experience. but um, going out going out to the field, um, you would think that that would have been a challenge. Um, but we each had our own um, individual tents that we were able to deploy and, and hang out in. Um, but that w- that wasn't an issue either. Um, it was a fairly easy command. I, I think it was because of the command climate um, was so great that we were able to to operate without having that uh, that line of separation. They they treated me like any of the others.
0: And how was morale? It was great. Since you talked about command climate, what goes into that?
1: Um. Treating everyone like a human being first, and acknowledging that we all have things going on, um, it was part of my command philosophy that I would go out and talk to at least ten percent of my formation each and every drill weekend because that's how you judge the the temperature of your unit and your command climate. Um, so that's about sixteen people. My my unit had a packs count of one hundred sixty nine packs. I mean, that's. Pretty intense. Um, So, 16 people. I would try to reach out to, learn about them, talk about different things that the guard could offer them. Because one of the misconceptions is, is oh, well, you've been in the guard for 16 years, so you must know all the benefits that you know that the army has to offer you. Um, That's not the case. There are so many hidden gems that I'm still learning about. But if I learn about that, then I'm able to tell that to my soldiers, and then. That in and out of itself builds that relationship, builds that rapport, um, that servant leadership. I'm here for you. They're here for the organization. And it comes full circle.
0: Proud moments. Lots of them in command, right?
1: hmm
0: Tell us about them.
1: Being able to be a part of a newly pinned sergeant, a new non-commissioned officer, getting to see their faces whenever you're being able to pin them and, and see their, their that pride that they they now I mean not that they didn't have it before but they belong to the non commissioned officer corps and it, getting to see that kind of stuff, um, getting to see your your soldiers be their success stories makes it makes it better for us.
0: You've got a very unique perspective in your full time position. You know the ins and outs of all of our family programs and how. Uh, we can support uh, the entire mission, uh, not just our soldiers, but also their families. So uh, while in command, um, what role did the families play in unit readiness?
1: Having your families involved is paramount in unit readiness. Um, One of the biggest hurdles and challenges that I faced during my command time was COVID happened, um, which also... Through a wrench in all of our family days and, and gatherings that we normally typically would have had, especially during the Christmas time, um, Thanksgiving time frame. Um, one thing that we, we tried to do in my full-time capacity was reach out to those family members, um, do... I, Webinars, Zoom meetings, um, and let them know that hey, while we're not able to get together face to face right now, we're still here. We're still able to help you um, get through this very interesting, very um, constrained time in your life. Um, so it, it, we we were having virtual drills as well. So that that was also. Very challenging in my command time due to the fact that I wasn't able to get that that one on one time with these soldiers and being able to say, "Hey, you know, you're you're different this week, you or this weekend. It, is there something I can do? Is it what what's going on? You're not your typical self. Um, so, COVID nineteen really, I mean, it was." It was a very challenging time, not just as a commander but as a leader.
0: Well sure, we only get to see our traditional guardsmen uh, you know that one week in a month and during the summer. Uh, obviously, there's other opportunities to stay connected. Uh, so how did do you stay connected with your soldiers and their families during during the COVID crisis?
1: So during our virtual I.D.T. periods, we were able to stay connected with the soldiers and their families, which was a unique experience all in its own. Um, not, not every drill weekend am I able to connect with a soldier's family, so that was a pretty unique experience. Um, and then it was also probably beneficial to have me at at Cersei HHC Second One Fifty Third to the fact of my during the week job as deputy state family programs because i would have people hop on their their spouse's line and um, ask different questions um hey you know what kind of benefits are available right now as it stands in this COVID 19 pandemic
0: employers we owe a debt of gratitude to our employers of our traditional guardsmen i'm sure as commander you had an opportunity to talk to a few Tell us about that.
1: Our employers have been so patient and flexible with our service members, our soldiers, especially in the 39th, because XETC was canceled very last minute. Then we also had, uh, we have JRTC coming up in, in the horizon. It, it will be happening this summer. Um, so that's being able to communicate, hey, employers, we're, we're so thankful for, you know, letting us have your employee uh, during these extended time periods. Because one was 21 days and now we're looking at almost 30 for JRTC. Um, normal annual trainings are 14 days, 15 days. Um, so, just being able to sit down and talk with them and tell them how thankful we are that they are patient, they are flexible with their employees, and letting us borrow them um, for these extended amount of time periods. Um, it, I'm just, I'm thankful that we have employers like that in Arkansas.
0: There's no doubt that these extended training requirements and opportunities have played a role in an employer having to pick up the slack for one of their employees being away from work due to military duties. And COVID-19 and other state active duty missions have really exacerbated those situations. Every drill, every annual training is literally packed with training and other requirements. There seems to be not nearly enough time to get it all done. And having canceled a drill or two in early 2020 and canceling XCTC for the 39th Infantry Brigade and supporting units, we're we're now working to reschedule those lost training opportunities. And with that in mind, what would you say to an employer who might be experiencing some of those concerns that are associated with their guardsman employee who's away from work for these periods of time that are far from the norm?
1: When COVID-19 canceled our XCTC. That really threw our training cycle off. Um, So when that it had second and third order effects. In order to go to JRTC at a certified standpoint, at a platoon level, we have to do X, Y, and Z. Well XCTC would have been that X, Y, and Z. That's why that, that Muta 8 is is on the horizon, and it's to get us certified to where we need to be in order to meet what JRTC expects of us once we get down there. Um, and and big-picture thinking, you know, future deployments, having us fit to fight, ready to win— um, as our brigade commander, uh, his slogan, fit to, f- fit to fight, ready to win. Um, in order to get there, we have to have these training events to be successful in our missions if we do have to get called up to go overseas. I mean, it's, it's been tested time and time again, the the Guard, not just the Arkansas Army National Guard, but I have friends in other states that are a part of the Guard, and we've been more We've had more deployments than a lot of the active duty, our active duty counterparts have. Um, so it's important. I, I'm not saying that in, their civilian employment is not important, but the times that we do need them, it, it's an, it's a necessity because they need to be fully trained and fully spun up on, on the different things that they could face in a combat zone because you don't wanna send them to a combat zone ill-prepared. Um, and potentially not only getting themselves hurt or killed, but their battle buddies.
0: Captain Thomas, is there one thing that best prepared you to get you where you are today? And if it's not one thing, what multiple things might have prepared you to accept the challenges of command?
1: I've I've had great mentors throughout my career that have helped guide me on many decisions and, hey— you can go this way and this would open up a door for you. Or you can go this way and this door would open up for you. Having having those mentors in my career and in my life um, has definitely helped get me where I am today. Um, and, and it shows not only like an investment to them, to the organization, but an investment in me. Name some. Lieutenant Colonel Williams. He's probably been the biggest uh, Colonel Erica Ingram, she has been my battalion commander, my brigade AO, the G1 for me um, during my time at JSS and WD State Family Programs. Um, Colonel Shepard, he's the one that really opened up the door for me to go to um, Maneuver's Captain's Career Course. Uh, I mean, the, the sky's the limit, really, sir. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of influential leaders throughout my career. Colonel Saylor is definitely a great leader to follow as well.
0: Uh, it's very difficult to change a culture if you were stepping into command. Uh, you've got to understand the climate, understand the, the entire situation of your unit, um, and then implement those tools that you think are necessary to affect change, but it doesn't happen overnight. It's it's a long-term project. Um, when you look at the culture of the Arkansas National Guard, there are uh, certain words that uh, we're afraid to talk about sometimes. Sexism, racism. Uh, now we're talking about extremism. So In those regards, uh, using those words, surely you've had some experiences. Tell us about how uh, the culture in our Army is changing for the better.
1: You know, it's, it's kind of been my philosophy that I don't care who you date. I don't care what you look like. If you can do the job. And that's all I ask you to do. Um, I see the Army t- taking steps, not just the Army, but the military as a whole. I feel like we're steadily going in the right direction. Um, you said earlier we're probably at 19 percent female in the Arkansas Army National Guard, which is better than 2015. I think it was at 16 percent. Um, and... and I think over time, more females joining combat arms, and not just combat arms, but just more female presence in the guard, will show other females that maybe they they are thinking, "Oh, I can't do this." You know, I don't know anybody who's done it before, um, but. You know, they see that one video, that one conference, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, somebody else has done it! I can do that too." And it gives them the confidence, the motivation that they never had prior to. Um, but I think it's it's baby steps that we we're taking. Um, you're starting to see more uh, posters of females um, throughout our armories, and not just our armories, but in colleges and in and different places and I think it's it's more educating um, one one piece that I feel like that we have lacked on is, is the education portion educating our force um, so female integration started two thousand into 2014 beginning of 2015 2018 nineteen was whenever I went through, Captain's career course, maneuver. Captain's career course, um, but you know what? What was during that three to four year time period? Uh, no one really talked about it. No one really said anything about it. I if if I would have known about it earlier, I probably would have done it earlier. Um, but. I think that's those baby steps that we're taking and it's taken us in the right direction and it's educating the formations of, hey, I don't need to be the only one. I'm a, a captain promotable to major. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to hand that baton off sooner or later. Um, so somebody's going to need to follow me and, and take over for me after I'm somewhere else. We We rotate every two to three years, sometimes quicker than that. Um, so having having the education and, and pushing that out to our force and saying hey if I can do it I promise you can too, um, and, and and them saying hey I want to do that and, and getting them in the door and and then they will take over after me I I know I won't be the only one we have uh, Lieutenant Newton Jamie Newton she's in the second one fifty third too um, so so. Bringing those inspiring uh, leaders and, and, and pushing that inspiration out to the masses is, is huge. It's important. And, and also educating the formations on how, how to get there. What, what's the path of, to success look like? My path may look different than someone else's path, but at least having a roadmap on how to get there is, is vital.
0: Here's your opportunity. Now that you're no longer in command to talk directly to some of your soldiers, because I guarantee some of your former soldiers are listening, what would you say to them?
1: I wish nothing but the best. Y'all were y'all were each an individual challenge of mine, but y'all each taught me something different. And they have all made me who I am today, and I will never forget that. I'm about to become a field gray officer, and I, I will never lose sight of what it's like to look into an individual soldier's eyes and then say, hey ma'am, I need this and me try to help them. And I'll always try to help my soldiers.
0: We're talking again with Captain Promotable Megan Thomas, Assistant Operations Officer in the 39th Infantry Brigade. Megan, thanks for joining us today.
1: You're welcome, thank you, sir.